0: Okay, look, I know it's playoff cruise time, as uh, Blue and White pointed out on uh, Twitter in the questions there. Um, I know the matchup is set against Tampa. I know it's tough to keep any team motivated through this, but I also can't help but be alarmed with some of these things. Like, is that just me? Oh, and look who came in. Just, you know what? Here, let's preface this with, I'm in a hotel room in Quebec City. I'm sharing a room with Sadie, who just came in. Hello.
1: Hello.
0: Hello. So um, we're we're on a work trip, but we're making it work for you because we were behind on episodes and I apologize about that. Um, on that, I know we had an episode that I said was recorded. We didn't post. Um, I just felt that if we're going to post something, I want it to be up to uh, the standard that we've set. And um, it's not that it was bad, but I think Justin and I rushed it pretty late. I was late getting home from the Ottawa game. It took me about an hour to get out of there. I figured I'd be home a lot sooner than that. so. It just wasn't what you know. We flubbed our way through it. It could I could have put it out, but I I didn't think it was fair to you guys. So we'll just we'll cover everything here that we missed and uh, and give you what you come for. So welcome back, Steph. How you? Doing?
1: Good. Oh my God, it's been a little while, eh? Uh, we missed the Carolina game there with the Saint Pat's jerseys, and then the Ottawa. Oh my God, I can't believe you guys got to witness that crazy fiasco of a shootout, even right?
0: Aside from the shootout, it's a lot harder to keep track of the shots on goal uh, when you're at the game in person. I mean, I know it's tracked on the Jumbotron, but I'm not watching that. I'm trying to keep my eyes on the game because the advantage of seeing it in person is you get to see more than just what's shown on camera, right? So yeah. when I looked up, I don't think I noticed until it was like 30 to 10 that I was like, wait, what is going on right now? Like, it, it didn't look like from watching the game that the Leafs were getting outshot that bad, so... Man, that was uh, that was alarming. The amount of shots they gave up. Like I, I know Sammy made what forty-eight saves on that night, or was it Murray?
1: Murray, it Murray. yeah, made forty-eight saves on fifty-two shots, and he still you came out a nine twenty-three on the night, and. Wow. Even with the high scoring game, right? I missed a lot of it, but the outcome afterwards, people were talking about, you know, Murray actually played pretty well. And um, just from looking on who scored and all, it's nice to see Cal Yarncroke, you know, double down and Jake McCabe scoring his first as a Leaf. Like, that's awesome. Yeah,
0: Yeah, there was a lot of positives. I mean, the one thing I went with my parents and my dad was just floored with how many Leaf jerseys there were there. (laughs) Like, the whole time, for the first half an hour we got to the stadium, he's like, oh, my God. Like, I knew that it was going to be a lot, but I did not think it was going to be, like, 80-20. This is
1: nuts. Ed was surprised.
0: He was. And the other thing is, it's crazy to hear Go Leafs go. And when they introduce Kachuk, him getting booed in his own arena as the captain. Mm. Like, That's how many Leafs fans there were there that like you can skate out as the home team and you're getting booed because there's more away fans there. That's nuts.
1: Oh, my God. Well, you know, we see that on TV, but you never know if it's real life until you're there. And I guess he stood in the middle of the stadium and was just like, oh, my God. Like, I don't know. That's awesome. I can't wait to go to Ottawa, man, and get this experience on the road.
0: Because the thing about hearing go Leafs go Chance" at an away game is you don't Necessarily on TV, hear how they start. These are not out of nowhere. This is Leaf fans drowning out when the other team's fans try to start chanting. So they'll start saying, Go sends, go, and immediately it's like 10, 15 times the people to start drowning them out with Go Leafs, go, and then the whole arena is Go Leafs, go. Like it's not out of nowhere. They do it purposely to drown out whatever the other chant is. And that just goes to show there are not enough of anybody else there. Wow.
1: Wow. So what were you and Ed yelling at the top of your lungs or what? Did you meet anyone so, or what What went on?
0: Okay. So um, I was sitting with my girlfriend and my parents were sitting right behind us because they got tickets separately. Lucky enough, they were able to get the ones directly behind us. Nice. So I was sitting beside a couple from Newfoundland who had never been to a Leafs game, but they've been to a ton of Growlers games. Wow. So I was like, oh, that's fun because I'm about to go to Newfoundland and want to go see a Growlers game. So they they were having a good experience. We were shooting the shit a bit. Uh, then the people beside my parents were all from the GTA and all put money on bunting. <laughs> so the whole night they are scr- every time he touches the pot, they're screaming, "Let's
1: fucking go, Skybro! Let's go, Skybro! bunting it. back on!"
0: They were screaming all night. That's the best part about three hundred because you get belligerent people, the best fans. There's no season ticket holders there's not many families it's just groups of fans <laughs> it's great nice.
1: that's what you need in toronto You're... at the sba you need that type of energy
0: the only complaint i have mm. and i brought this up to a couple Sens fans that i know have been to a lot of games and are actually uh, ex season ticket holders okay. so i wanted their opinion on this the ushers at the canadian tire center non-existent the entire game, all three periods, through overtime and through the shootout, there were people coming and going to their seats. Nobody was being held until whistles. It was insane. During overtime, there were people walking back to their seats in front of us, and everybody's yelling, it's OT. It's OT. Hey, it's OT, <laughs> guys. Like, what the fuck are you doing? And so I mentioned this to these, these Sense fans that I work with, and they were disappointed to hear that because they remember being seasoned ticket holders and these ushers being so on top of things and they will not let you back to your seats until a whistle goes. And especially not in overtime in a shootout. Like that was the thing that really pissed me off. And they, it was all night.
1: Wow. Everyone calling I've sick never seen or...
0: <laughs> No. And there was a lot of them, but they, there were a lot of them around, but they were, how do I put this? Like Walmart greeters. <laughs> Like there were a bunch of people that seemed like they were retired and volunteering to be there, and so just useless. kind of like point. They were and look, they were nice seniors. That's about it. It, it was they were seen, retired seniors that were volunteering their time all over the place, and they were just they point you in the right direction, ask you if you need you know help finding your seats and all that, but that was it they weren't given instructions for how to run the actual game like I don't know what went on there if they're trying to cut costs at the arena and they, they don't have these people hired they're not paying them anymore they're just getting like literally it was walmart greeners.
1: getting their community service hours after <laughs> who knows what they did right here stand here and watch this hockey game uh, you don't have to do much our crowds are usually not rowdy whatsoever
0: but yeah. So that was my wow. that was my experience there. I drove to the game for the first time because I had my parents with me and we were coming from the other side of town. Uh, fun yes. fact: Did you know? So I'm uh, I get a notification like, "Hey, you know, game's coming up, Ticketmaster, or whatever. Uh, Do you want to purchase parking?" Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I go to the Canadian Tire Center website, and they're like, "You have to purchase parking through Ticketmaster." I'm like, "Oh, what?" <laughs> So I go to Ticketmaster. There's nothing available. Two and a half hours before the game, I hit refresh. Two show up verified resale tickets oh. for <sighs> fucking parking.
1: That's where they make their money, eh? <laughs>
0: Thirty-seven fifty, I spent to get a parking spot, and it was the only one available.
1: Wow, that concrete jungle around this arena, and that's the only thing you can get.
0: Well, it was a sold-out game. Like, it True. was absolutely sold out. Um, and actually, one thing I want to bring up, because I haven't been to this arena in a while, they did not have the covered-up seats that I was talking about, um, I think, last time. they Obviously, because it's a Leaf game, they uncover all those and try to sell more tickets. Yeah. Uh, but they also have a whole, I want to call it like a VIP viewing area. So behind what would be where the sends shoot twice, all mm-hmm. along that back um, and there's I'd say about three or four rows of seating that has like a counter in front of you. Like you're sitting at a bar basically. So you oh, can okay. order stuff and they'll bring you like baskets. You can like sit there with your drink and stuff. and You have like a bar stool with a counter. So nice. it seems like you need, you know, special seats to get there. But otherwise, you know, it was a, it was a good experience fan wise other than people coming and going to their seats and, and the weird parking drinks were not crazy. Um, we got those busy, Hard seltzers, and I think they were twelve fifty, which is not bad, very reasonable. The food's not overpriced. I mean, it's like five bucks for a pretzel and popcorn or whatever. Like, it's really reasonable considering what we've been talking about with like Edmonton and who else we talked about that has like astronomically priced concessions. Like this, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. it's nice to see that they're still um understanding that it's not a massive market here, and that they got to try to get people in and not scare them away.
1: I did see a post though. I think it was from Mitch Marnie comparing the prices from a Leafs, uh, sens game being something like one hundred and seventy odd dollars at the time versus Tampa and the Sens, and it was going for seventeen dollars. So, well,
0: I mean, even with the it's Leafs, still
1: a jump, yeah.
0: I've I've told this story, but when I was down in Florida, uh, my dad and I had tickets to a Tampa Leafs game, and that was about you know like one hundred and seventy, but we were. We paid like 170 bucks, and we were in the hundreds. We were like in 121 or something. Like it was nice. nuts. But then I mean, we would bought those pretty far in advance before we went down to Florida. But I checked when because the Leafs were doing their two Florida games. So I said, "Do you want to go to the Panthers game too?" He goes, "How much is that? I said, "Take a guess." Goes, I don't know. 80 bucks. 2250. He goes, "Let's go." <laughs> so that's that's a Leafs Panthers game i'm sure it might be more now that the panthers are a little more relevant but i don't yeah i, I don't think it can be that much higher
1: damn for reference go Leafs and,
0: <laughs> and sends in ottawa in the 300s is still like 150 bucks yeah yeah damn. when i get emails for the sends to be like hey do you want bogo you can get buy one get one for 30 dollars. <laughs> you well, guys are lucky you got toronto so close
1: <laughs> right Well, I'm glad no one stole your seat, especially with no ushers around. You know, things could have gotten rowdy there. And I've definitely had interactions with people who've sat in my seat before and we had to go comparing phones and seeing who who purchased the actual seats or not. Uh,
0: Two girls in like the second period or third period came and sat in the seats in front of us. They're like, is anyone sitting here? I'm like, yep, there's a whole group there. And they're like, oh, okay. And they just sat down and waited for the group to come back.
1: (laughs) What is this arena? So you're telling me to buy the shittiest seats and just walk up to the glass like halfway through the first or maybe start of second. Any seat, just take it.
0: (laughs) So it was sold out. You could tell the hundred level season tickets, they were not all there. Mm Mm-hmm. So some of those, I I mean, those would be harder to get away with sneaking into. I'm sure the ushers are familiar with who's supposed to be in those seats because they're season ticket holders, but I mean, they weren't paying much attention. You probably could have pulled it off.
1: Yeah. So how crazy did you guys go when Stutzel scored that shorthanded goal and then on the same power play opportunity, Mitch Marner clapped back and was like, shut the fuck up. I'm so mad right now and I have a great shot and I'm going to use it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was was one of those games where everything the Leafs do, it's immediately answered. Uh, Luckily, the one got called back on the offside. And it was hilarious because in the arena they were playing the 007 pause music for the review. Nice.
1: The different
0: goal. <laughs> yeah, which like I know is popular on the internet as far as like a joke goes. Are you familiar with this whole thing? What? The 007 pause music.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: You you know. Okay. So for anybody who's unaware, basically this this 007 GoldenEye game came out in like the late 90s for uh, N64. N64. And, <laughs> and when you and like PlayStation One and Xbox, but when you pause the game, there the pause music. This is from like 1998 or something. It sounds like a, a beat from a hip hop song from last year. Like they, it does not make sense how ahead of its time this beat was, um, and so it's made its resurgence because everyone's refining it. Like, wait, what the hell? How did this exist thirty years ago? Like, this doesn't make sense. So. <laughs> Outside of the internet, knowing what this is, I don't really know who this joke was for, but I liked it, so (laughs) it was for like 5% of the crowd there.
1: Nice, nice. Love that. And also, Yarn Croak, man, scoring twice, showing that he's good enough to play on Matthew's wing, which I feel like that game, he was being fed all night long and actually converting on the feed. Oh my god, so nice, right? Especially after seeing tonight, Kerfoot not being able to convert or really set up any play and connect in the top six tonight, so wow, whenever the clock scores, it's like, yes!
0: Yeah, the fact that, I think Justin and I might have talked about this in the one that we didn't post, but the fact that Yarncroak and Marner have both become more dangerous with their shots, uh, I mean, obviously Marner was expected to pass all the time, and now it's, oh shit, he might shoot it. Yarncroak is somebody that kind of has flown under the radar. I mean, Calgary didn't really use him to his fullest potential, so I think people forget about him, and to sneak him in there Mm -hmm. and Pull and to just have him wide open because they're going to cover Matthews and Marner. They're going to make sure that you know they might pass it, they might shoot it, and then it's oh shit, Krocs coming in from behind, and we didn't cover him because we doubled up on somebody. Like it just gives you that opportunity to have an extra shot that the Leafs have not really had. Like Fanting doesn't have that. His goals are he's like JVR. He scores in front of the net.
1: Yeah. They're dirty, sneaky goals, right? Greasy goals yeah. that maybe shouldn't have went in or he had a wide open net opportunity that you're like, yes, you were there, bud. But with exactly. Yarn crows, He's there to clean up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, during this Sens game, especially, you know, the first one he's fed by Matthews one timer right in the slot, perfect feed. But then, then the next goal, it wasn't even the same thing. I mean, he was fed, but he held onto the puck. He picked his pocket and just shot it. Like he was able to just be patient and not panic, which I really appreciate because even though if he does have time and space or doesn't, he still has that shoot first mentality, which sometimes you need, especially if Mar- Matthews is getting trampled on or Marner is, you know, somewhere along the boards or, you know, someone else, right?
0: No, agreed. agree. It, it's just, again, it's the threat of another shot. It's something that the team doesn't really have. You know, you don't have it from the defense. You don't have it from, you know, your third and fourth line. So, uh, you got rid of Engvall. You got rid of some of these, these extra guys that had that shot. Um, And, I mean, you're still trying to find it with the new guys. So I think it's nice that there's that extra threat in somebody that's not brand new so they don't have to find the chemistry still.
1: Well, you got your money's worth because the Leafs played a whole OT and up to, what, round nine of the shootout for who else than Alex Kerfoot, first in 23 games to finally score a goal. Damn! Way to just hell, finish that. seal the deal when it, well, when it counts the most to get the two points. We'll take it. Thank you, Alex Kerfoot. But yeah, it's like a nice to get the dub uh, in a shootout, especially we haven't been so rare to get this year, right? To if any at all,
0: it was the second one for the Leafs this year.
1: Was it okay? Yeah. So uh, what uh, I
0: um. Uh, what I kind of like about it is that the Sens got a point because I I like this wildcard race that's going on and it doesn't mean anything for the Leafs if the Sens get an extra point. And uh, the fact that Ottawa beat Pittsburgh last night and knocked them out of that last wildcard spot to put the Panthers in there, it just makes things more interesting. I would rather see Ottawa in one of these wildcard spots. So the fact that the Leafs came out on top and won it while still giving them a point, that's kind of like best case for me just as a hockey fan and a Canadian hockey fan. And living oh. in Ottawa, Canadian
1: hockey fan, hundred percent. And if they get into the playoff spot, they're going to be p- facing Boston, right? So an Ottawa, Ottawa, Boston first round. Oh my god, that would be super entertaining. And we get the whoever wins out of that second, out of that first round, right? Imagine if uh, the Sens knock out, knock out the Bruins. Then yeah, all those fans. Yeah, they just
0: play each other tonight, and uh, the Sens it was 2 to 1 at the end of the first and that was it. Final score 2 to 1. Nobody could uh open it up in the second and third. So, I mean, that shows they're at least giving Boston a run for their money. Again, I don't know how to take anything in the end of March here and the beginning of April because like if the Leafs are playing like this, Tampa just lost to Montreal. I I can't put any emphasis on these games. Like it's it's garbage time. It's finally garbage time. We've been talking about it for a while. We've called a couple games, you know, is this going to be the beginning of it, but Yeah, I think it's... uh, Sorry, and I know earlier I said it was V.I. Blue and White that said this, and I'm just actually looking at my my Twitter now. It was big number 55, Sean, nicknamed Goody. Um, Pretty sure the Leafs might have just entered start the playoffs already cruise mode. Yeah, I think a lot Mm. of these teams are. There's between 12 and 13 games left for most teams. Some of them, I think, even have less. So you're not going to see people trying to get these last 20 points when the playoff matchups are set outside of this Atlantic wildcard race.
1: Yeah, you know, this last bit of hockey, I'm extremely happy. We took, you know, Colorado to OT, got a point there. Next game, 5-2 went against Carolina Hurricanes, got the two points at home with Sammy in net, huge. Ottawa, you know, they have leaf killers on their team. Craig Anderson's in net. We go to OT, we get the one point. And then it's like tonight, right? What do you expect?
0: Craig Anderson's not in Ottawa, what are you talking about?
1: Sorry, I'm thinking of the Buffalo game. <laughs> we lost the yeah. uh, uh prior to oh the God. Colorado uh Colorado game 4-3 to Buffalo. But no, what am I thinking? Who was in net that night uh, uh Roscoe for the Suns? It was a new guy, right? Sogard or someone else? Um Yeah,
0: Matt Sogard, I think.
1: Yeah, that's who was it? Who was it? Yeah, Sogard. You're right. Yeah. So <clears throat> if we yeah, can Matt
0: Sogard uh, twenty five saves and twenty nine shots in an sixty two. So
1: yeah. And I, mean, I think we yeah. have to take the positive from these games, right? Like getting our D activated and Morgan Riley scoring again against Carolina and you know, had a pretty good chance tonight. <laughs> um just the Islanders were so good defensively, and Sorokin, of course, world-class goalie, second overall in the whole league it's save percentage. I mean, uh, Russian threat for sure. This guy. Okay, but I don't have know, the, the Islanders scored seven well.
0: goals this year? Have the Islanders scored seven goals this year? Is my question, <laughs> because I probably highly doubt it. Here, you you take it. Take, yeah, talk probably. about the game for a sec. I'm going to look through the Islanders and see if they have actually won a game with seven goals this year.
1: Yeah. Oh man. Coming into tonight, finally facing a former relief. Well, what am I saying? Finally? I mean, Pierre Engvall who could forget our beloved giraffe and we get to see him beardless uh, a part of Lou's team. Now <laughs> seeing what he could do on the second line with Palmieri and Nelson. Um, also good to know five points in the last seven games, but he's only accumulated those points in four, but Keeping Yarncroke on that first line, Kerfoot on the first line, I just felt like Keith wasn't keeping them together. I mean, Matthews, Marner, um, and Nylander were out a bunch. I feel like they were really trying for JT as well because they did not shut up about the we don't need you chance. still five plus years yeah. later.
0: JT I... sucks. And yeah, uh, yeah, we don't need you. It was all a chance.
1: Every time he was on the ice, lost a face-off. At at first, it was every time he lost a face-off, it was the booze. Um, Or won a face-off, sorry. But then it just got out of hand. But... I don't know, man. Big man crashing into the net to start it off. I mean, Marner, the Leafs, everyone was doing well. Marner pick-pocketed someone off for a nice shot. And McCabe's stru- stretch pass was intercepted by Bastion, but Lily quickly loosened it to have his back. It's just a lot of sloppiness and not connecting. Like, the chances were there, but Sorokin was there before anything could happen, unfortunately. So, fun
0: fact, the Islanders have only scored six goals twice this season. Okay. Uh, Five goals a handful of times. Like, oh, there was another six-goal game. Uh, But, yeah, they have not scored seven goals once this season until tonight. So, congratulations, Leafs. You gave the Islanders their first seven-goal game of the year, the team that literally (laughs) cannot score a goal to save their fucking lives. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, when you bring in Pierre Engvall to get more depth scoring, like God, like you know they were in trouble. But oh. You gave up two goals to Cal Clutterbuck. You uh. okay? <laughs> Basically, tonight was the night of turnovers, right? That was yeah. That was it. They could not handle the puck properly. We had Lilligren with the biggest whiff I have ever seen him make as the last <laughs> defender back. So. I want to touch on this one and then we can do the other ones, but this is the one that is alarming. Like, I know there's a lot of things heading into the playoffs where it's like, I don't mind guys, you know, basically going for laps out there when it's a one goal game. Like, or like once you're already down by three, it's like, whatever, we've lost this. I don't care. It's mistakes like that when you're still in the game in the beginning, when there was no reason... To be under pressure to make a a split second uh, decision like this. Like, it was just such a boneheaded play that it scares me. Like, some of the, from the second and third period, I was like, whatever. That was still early enough that it's like, guys, what did you do?
1: everyone was out of sync it seemed and for every good play they had about three bad ones because Lilligren in the first period completely sets up this goal for Sam Lafferty with a huge bomb from the point and everyone's celebrating Sam Lafferty's first as a leaf Bobby McNammon's first point in the NHL but then we see this whiff right like this the the, the thing that hurts the most, right? Like, he's standing there. He has and all the time in the world. The
0: <laughs> what hurts the most is being so close, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, and it whips off the heel hurt. of the stick. And it's just unfortunate. As shit happens, right? But it, it kind of seems like... Goal, we can kind of label it as a, something Lily does often, unfortunately. Like, I don't want to a, create a trend for this. I don't want to put a label on it, but I'm I'm almost there. Like, the, this is like the, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I,
0: I did see the discussion on Twitter uh, between, you know, some familiar Leafs people uh, with Rick Calder and some others. But the, the gist of it was that, you know, Riley makes mistakes at high speed. He makes mistakes holding the blue line. Um, but Lilligren's seem to be when he's the last man back with the puck and just has to pass it to somebody. And this is not the first time that this has happened from it. And it's just, it's one of those little things where he's he's got to shake this. He can't go into the playoffs with this is thing because this is, is reminding me of like Travis Dermott. You know, it's, you can have nine good games and then that one, maybe seven good games and then of those three bad ones, it's like, holy shit, dude, you just cost us at least one goal in each of these games.
1: Maybe this is what Keith has been seeing that our eyes have not been with, you know, choosing other D over Lily in recent um, games or, you know, second goal on three shots in the second period. So it stings even more, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. Riley did another whiff as well that led to another giveaway and Lily leads was, tonight. He didn't get that pass.
0: Like Riley yeah. just didn't receive that pass. It was in his feet and I don't it's hard to completely blame him for it, but it was just it's miscommunication. It's it goes back to this thing where the last couple of weeks they're passing. It's just not been good.
1: So Ugh. everyone's complaining about the D pairs and maybe Keith should be putting some glue on it by now to get some reps and practice into this. So I'm just going to jump to one of our questions here. Um, Mike at Mike the Fanatic asks... When is Sheldon Keefe going to stop Sheldon Keefing? Enough with the constant lineup changes already. Gus and Hall in over Shin? Yeah, okay then. Enough with the different line combos every damn game. There's 12 games left. Figure it out already.
0: So that's basically the same that VI Blue and White uh, Zapper sent. So is it time for Keefe to pick a lineup and stick to it? So two questions. Same gist here. Um, I the, the problem right now is you're... You've got injuries to O'Reilly. You're waiting for Matthew Nyes. It seems like he's kind of just putting some subs in in the meantime for those guys. And then on defense, it's like there—it's a circus. There's too many people. Like I, they were expecting somebody, someone to be hurt at this point. Like not, you know, counting on it, but you're yeah. you're expecting that heading into the playoffs. You're not based on how this team's health has been all season. There's no reason they should have their entire defensive lineup healthy right now. Yeah, Brody blocked a shot. They're giving him a night off. That's kind of the benefit of this, is if any of your defensemen are a little bruised up, give them a night off. None of these games matter. Everybody was up in arms that Luke Shen's not playing tonight. I'm like, do you really want Luke Shen playing Tuesday, March 21st against the Islanders? Or do you want him in three weeks from now in game one against Tampa? Because if he got hurt tonight, everybody would be fucking mad we almost lost achari the other night for extended amount of time right like after o'reilly went down and then achari it's like guys you want to lose shen too like the guy is not gonna be hurting from not getting his reps in before they go into the playoffs luke shen is fine the ones that need that are timothy Lilligren and jake mccabe and eric gustafson who are new here and have a very specific role to play or sorry, I guess a less specific role to play, whereas Shens is very specific, where he can go out and do one thing, whereas these guys have to find their spot in this lineup. Shen's going to be the sixth defenseman in, or he's going to be a, a pair that just has to hit somebody. Like, his job is not hard. Keep him healthy for round one.
1: Yeah, um, it's really hard, right? Um, tonight, coming into uh, the game, I was nervous about the Riley and Gustafson pairing. Um, you think oh, two at Yeah, two offensive-minded guys. But in the first period, it looked like it was working. I mean, they were feeding each other. And Riley to Gustafson, big shot. And then Gustafson, almost a wide-open net. We thought, you know, he almost scored his first as a Leaf. Uh, Sorokin, highlight, real save. Oh, my God. The paddle right in front. I mean, we're going to be watching that for a long time. But got to say, Justin Hall was not on the ice for a goal against today. And the only other guy was Mark Giordano out of our core.
0: Yeah. They were a pair that actually played well defensively. And I mean, they usually do. Um, I'm not expecting anything offensive from a geo hall combination though. And I think that's where Keith is kind of running into like, a jam here. It's like, you can make these combinations that are kind of one dimensional, like, you can put Riley and, and Gustafson together. There's your offensive pair. Geo and Holt, there's your defensive pair. Lilligran and McCabe, there's your puck-moving pair. In the middle, it's like, you got to spread this out. Th- this is the thing that I don't understand with him is, yes, we have all these guys but on defense, but find better partners for them because these don't really make sense to me.
1: Yeah, and you you got to think, right? Like, what was I going to say? <laughs> Just had a braid fart there. Um, yeah. Since it's a hard it hitting, yeah, and since it's a hard hitting team, you know, just to play devil's advocate to your point there, Johnny, would you want to bring Luke Shin in to set the tone? And you know, the Leafs were out hit tonight, of course, thirty six to fifteen, and they were. I mean, Achari had a big one on Nelson. He left for over a period. And it was concerning, but. Would have a Luke Shin maybe been better against a slower, hard-hitting team in comparison to maybe, it was Keefe trying to outscore the problem? Because he gave William Nylander a kind of kick in the ass, saying, you're playing on the perimeter too much. I want you to be driving the net more. Wanted him to drive the third line with Lafferty. And and, uh, who did he put him out there with? Uh, having a brain fart. Honestly, 10, it just
0: seemed like it just seemed like fan. it wasn't. He was expecting a team that, like the Islanders, don't score. So, keeps first thought is we just outscore them and we win. But the way that the Islanders are able to win two-one and two-nothing games is by hitting the shedded of people and just locking the game down. Like that's what Clutterbach and Martin are there for. It's just to make sure that people don't go anywhere with the puck. So. I think it would have been useful, but again, do I want to see Luke Shen out there, March 21st, game, what is it, 70, getting 9-12 hits or something? Like, I don't I don't need him being bruised up in this game. We don't need to win this game. Do we need to not lose it 7-2 to two in an embarrassing fashion? Mm-hmm. Of course. It, yeah. But, like, I don't really care that much about, you know, trying to solve what happened here when it's just a matter of protecting guys for against Tampa. Like, again, Tampa lost to Montreal tonight. I do not care what's going on.
1: Yeah. So, um, pretty much Optimism in this day and age asks, Tampa lost. It's a wash. Is it not a wash for you?
0: Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a wash. Like, the points don't go anywhere. The Leafs are still three up on Tampa. Whatever. Like, all they have to do is hold this. If Tampa wins one, then they're within a point. And it's like, okay, maybe the next game is must win. Or at least a little more important, but right now it's until it hits that point, it's it's hard to keep these guys engaged. Like they're all just looking towards round one. And I don't blame them. I that's what we want from this team. All year, everyone's like, regular season doesn't matter. Now we're ten games out from the playoffs, people are up in arms about a loss to the fucking Islanders. Like who cares?
1: Leaf Singh asks, do we suck? No, but tonight there has, there obviously were a lot of sucking moments and sucking things that were happening, but the team does not suck. And like, for example... The face-off dot was a weakness tonight. Leafs coming in at 40%, Islanders 60. Uh Matthews, 31 on the dot. Lafferty 20% Oi. on the dot. Wait. Um, JT averaged out at 50, but for majority of the game, he was way behind Padge Pedgeot, and he w- he's at minus three tonight. Uh, wasn't his best. And I was really hoping for Kneelander's kick in the ass to just really activate you know like it, it, he seemed to activate a little near the end of the game and try to rush the net more i think the leafs like kind of like keep for saying um before the game playing too much on the perimeter against this type of team does not work when you have literally an elite-to-lead elite goaltender eyeing down every single shot unless you're going to ping-pong it in. Like, you need to drive the net and put some, f- like, pressure and have guys ready for the feed or bing-bang in, not the straight shots. And I don't know, that that type of game plan tonight just didn't work f- for the Islanders.
0: Yeah, and I mean, besides the ones that got off the rush there, like Clutterbuck, I can't believe you let Clutterbuck score a goal off the rush.
1: Oh, my God. Right? Yeah,
0: like letting like fucking I don't even know who to compare him to in the Leafs. I don't think we even have somebody like that. (laughs) (laughs) There's literally nobody. Kerfoot. I mean, (laughs) Wayne Simmons, maybe like Kyle Clifford. Like, yeah, Kyle Clifford. If Clifford was in the lineup and he broke out and just you know one on one was able to beat um, Soroka there, but like apart from those, the goals that the Islanders scored were dirty in front of the net. Just deflections and crowding things and punching them in. And like, that's where you lose these games, man. It's just such a pain in the ass. The turnovers and like the turnovers aside, just, just letting the, that front be completely dominated was, again, their weakness.
1: Yeah, but I gotta do, I gotta applaud Mitch Marner. Honestly, I'm noticing a huge difference in this guy's shot. Um, it's hard not to. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, three goals. Miles in miles last yeah yeah and three goals in the last five games um man and the thing with this guy is he's Finally taking the straight shot in, and I know I've just been ranting about the straight shots not going to work against the Islanders, but if you have Austin Matthews feeding you all alone in the slot and you get down on one knee and put all of your strength into it, it's probably going to go past the goaltender. And damn, that was a nice, nice goal. So happy to make it 27 on the year for Mitch Marner.
0: Yeah, he's having a fantastic year. Like the fact that, like I was saying earlier, that you don't know if he's going to make the pass or shoot anymore. It's It just adds a whole new level of danger to his game. I love it.
1: Yeah. <sighs> so- Leafs, just lastly, uh, the Leafs going 12-6 and tonight and evening out the time on ice. I mean, even just looking at Mitch Marner uh, against Ottawa, 25-31. And then we had that 29-10 against Colorado. So it's nice to see the times on ice go down. Tonight, Marner was... Uh, uh where did you go bud oh 17, 14. wow <laughs> almost literally 15 minutes less than the colorado game can you imagine
0: that's crazy because i saw some people guessing his ice time at like 18 minutes i was like you guys nuts he's not gonna play 18 minutes unless he gets like a five minute major but sure enough light night for him yeah which i think is a good thing getting into the playoffs that they're not playing this, like the 20 was it 29 minutes he did that stupid
1: yeah career high wow Give them the I'm Norris. Like, I'm glad
0: they're off. I'm glad they're off the 11-7, just for the sake of the forwards not overplaying themselves, because I think they're the ones you have to protect more than your nine defensemen. Like that's seems like a, a counterintuitive. Yeah. It's like I was saying about how all these forwards are blocking shots and stuff. It's like, guys, you have the defenders for this. Why are you <laughs> letting your forwards take all this?
1: Right. Ugh.
0: Yeah. What about bunting? Speaking of, what about bunting, getting that extra little shot in the face? Did You see that? So he got knocked down beside the net. And just a little jab in his face before you could even get up. And there's no call on it. Like, ugh. Nope. thing's uh, making enemies, man.
1: Yeah, seriously. Especially if he's going to get the more, more minutes on the top two lines there. And, um, hey, make your enemies, but just be smart about it. We don't need stupid calls. We need calls to be drawn. And maybe for once get a five on three. I mean, Leafs still even have, haven't even scored on a four on four, believe it or not, let alone a five on three. Yeah, I learned that one tonight. Um <laughs> but Yeah, just weird this year. Super weird.
0: Um, that actually reminds me. I tweeted something regarding penalties drawn this year. So I was wondering uh, who had the least, because we talk about the Sens have had the most at, like, 263 um, opportunities. The Leafs are, I think, at 207 or something. Ridiculous. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have had 175 power play opportunities. That puts them in last place in the entire league. They're leading their division. Ottawa, who has had the most opportunities in the whole league is not in a wild card spot yet mm. that's insane to me like it almost shows that it's kind of meaningless like how many opportunities you get it's more how many you can capitalize on because even almost a 100 difference between first and last and vegas has turned 175 power play opportunities into being i mean they're in an easier division but look where they are
1: now it'll be interesting to note how many power play goals make up the Edmonton Oilers who are number one on the power play and get one of the most amount of opportunities, right? Compared to the Leafs who are up there with them, but also get one of the least amount of power play opportunities in the league. So more five on five goals. Oh
0: my God. We were watching the set Pittsburgh game last night. Uh, Drake Batherson scores a power play goal. Says it's his 14th power play goal of the season. I was like, how many fucking goals does this guy have? 21.
1: <laughs> oh, there you go.
0: Wow. Four, 14 out of 21 goals in the power play. So is kind of a Edmonton Oiler?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, Dylan Ferguson, former Marley uh, professional tryout, gets his first start, NHL start, and puts on that performance of a 47 save. Oh, my God. Outing 2-1 win against Pittsburgh. Man, good for that guy. I'm happy that that happened for him.
0: Must win in regulation for the Sens to stay alive. And like I said, it knocked Pittsburgh out of uh, the eighth card spot there and put the Panthers in. And the Panthers, I think, just lost two, I believe. Or did they just win? They did. It was a big game.
1: I think they lost, actually. And I'm just checking real quick here. Yeah, they
0: lost to the Flyers. Six the to Flyers three. Four. Yeah, the Flyers went on like a four goal tear in the second period and ran away with it.
1: Preds also won tonight, seven to three against the Sabers. Bruins. And there were two seven
0: nothing and a seven two game last night. Like this is the week of seven goals.
1: Right? That's how
0: you know that teams are checked out. There's two. There are two types of teams right now. There are we need to win. And we need to not get hurt for the next two weeks. So yeah. that's that's what you're watching, is teams that really want to win and teams that are like, here's our backup and our B team.
1: So we did have another question, but it changes the topic a little bit here, um, having to do with fanatics. and. Good, because I wanted to bring that up. Yes. So do you want where's, to introduce the topic hair? first? Or Where should I just hair? go with it? Where is this hair? hair? You're all on curl. <laughs> um
0: Okay, so fanatics. Fanatics, fanatics. So if you're unfamiliar, in the early hours of uh, about 6.30 this morning, which seems like a purposeful time to announce something that people are not going to be thrilled about, because this didn't land well with anyone. <laughs> so the NHL announces the next 10 years are now going to be um, – fanatics on ice jerseys so moving away from adidas um fanatics makes the here, here's the breakdown adidas makes the ones the players wear then they make the ones that we could buy and then fanatics makes a replica of that for cheaper so fanatics currently makes the knockoff knockoff jersey so the nhl was obviously they had to defend their stance on this and say okay here's here's where we are um, I don't have the whole thing open. I did read a whole huge thing on this earlier today. I'm going to do my best to remember it. Um, but the gist of it was that the guy who put together Fanatics has been trying to build it into more of um, a athletic uh, wear brand than just doing, you know, e-commerce knockoff stuff, which is kind of what they started as. Yeah. Um, he put a lot of money into this company. Sold them to sold something else he controlled to eBay for like $2 billion and then bought Fanatics back to try to turn it into, I don't know. It's very confusing. But basically for the last couple of years, Fanatics has just been doing mediocre jerseys and people posted all their, you know, misspelled names and, and whatever, and saying that they, their Fanatics jerseys have all fallen apart. Like they're not good quality. So what I'm worried about here is that the league is just moving to cheaper jerseys for the players to wear. Like it's not a good direction for the league to go there's a plus side that like anytime there's something new um, you're giving a chance for innovation. Like maybe fanatics comes up with something that is better for the players. Like they want to test out different fabrics and things that are lighter. So, you know, maybe the players will like that. The first thing that comes to my mind is George Costanza <laughs> when he takes over and tells, has all the baseball players wear cotton, cotton shirts. And now they can't move in them. So um, I just, I hope that they don't screw it up, but. It's just a, it's weird. It's really weird to me. It's like hearing that, uh, you know, Wish is going to be the official (laughs) supplier of merch for something, you know, like it's, it just seems strange. Like they're not known for quality, they're known for just being everywhere. They operate the in arena store for the devils and the capitals, I believe. So they said there's going to be opportunity for them to expand that as well. And maybe run more of the in arena stores. (sighs) Again, I just, they have access to print more things. Last thing is they're actually doing the jerseys at the factory in Quebec where their Adidas is currently making them. So they will be made at the same place. It's, Hmm. I don't get it. It's like, Oh, it's going to be good quality, but we're using a lesser company.
1: (sighs) I wonder if they're going to revamp them so that the customer bought version will have the fight strap uh, within because right now they don't and also the stitching, right? Because on the Adidas ones it, the numbers and letters are stitched whereas the Fanatics are heat pressed. So yeah, they're going to they're going to do stitched. Peeling.
0: They'll do stitched okay, for the real one. Good. Like I, I feel like they're gonna do two tiers of these jerseys. Like they'll have their, you know, the breakaway series or whatever that they do. I think they'll have lower yeah. ones available. It'll just be like a tiered system. You know, um, the other thing is the reverse yeah. retros. They're probably not gonna be doing.
1: Mm. But that so was Julian the league Hob- said that. Mm.
0: Sorry, the league said that even if they stayed with Adidas, they probably wouldn't be doing reverse retro again anyway.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, Julian Aubrey from the UK asks, have the NHL sold themselves short with Fanatics becoming the number one jersey provider with bigger brands such as Under Armour, Bauer and Nike didn't want it. But bigger brands could have been brought bigger, could have brought bigger revenue helping towards the cap. And why didn't Nike want it? They have NHL, NBA, MLB. Is it strange that they didn't want NHL?
0: um i think it it goes to show where the financials of the league are at that like the company that deals in other sports is just not interested in getting into hockey like because the expense to get into making jerseys i think it's a lot to make these like they're not these sweaters are not the same as like a uh, you know a basketball penny or like you know there's there, there's i think there's a lot more that goes into these like there's a lot more fabric i don't know just feel like this is a little bit challenging for a company that's not currently set up to make these. The fact that Fanatics already has the infrastructure and they're doing hockey gear, I think, is their only You're wearing a Fanatics hat, Staff. The fuck are you talking about? I just saw your head turn and I see that F on there. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: We're talking about jerseys
1: right head. now, okay?
0: <laughs> but I <laughs> guess that's, that's my sale? point, is because they're they're already in the hockey world, it gives them that edge to, you know, just maybe up the quality on some things but it makes me nervous that they're not known for it you know it, it, they're really going to have to prove themselves it's it's one of those things again where the NHL's not setting themselves up for a home run it's a gamble and at a 10 year gamble at they're not the this isn't something that just affects the players but this affects fans and players and there's not many decisions they can make that directly <laughs> do that so <laughs> it's bold, man. It's really bold.
1: Haven't we all learned yet that Gary Bettman and the league do not strive for fan happiness? They want to make the, their money, their pockets full, and their business run successfully. And if that means upsetting fans, they don't give a fuck. So uh, you know what? I actually read that Nike is pulling away from the hockey market. So that's why they didn't place a bid on this contract, which is pretty sad. And I don't know why that they're moving away from the hockey market because it's huge, right? And I still believe to this day, uh, whoever has the means to do so, get out there and make women's hockey equipment. You will make literally your honest living being the first one to finally create this because women have such a hard time um buying equipment but anyways um yeah i don't know i'm hopefully it works out and they revamp from what it is now because i know for sure i never pick fanatics jerseys over uh, adidas but i guess we'll just have to see
0: I'm interested to see what price point they go with, because if it's still what Fanatics is normally charging, but they're saying it's you know a higher quality jersey, that's immediately going to turn everybody off. If they have one that's you know the $200 that Adidas was charging, or $250 or whatever it is, and mm-hmm. those aren't great quality, you will immediately lose everyone. Like, they really, really have to be careful about how they roll this out.
1: Yeah, Julian. Because perception says... is everything on this. Oh my God! Yeah, they 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 obviously have a plan in place, right? And comparing their market sales from previous and kind of expecting what it's supposed to be like. I mean, people buy jerseys no matter what. As much as they say boycott the NHL, don't buy a jersey, blah 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 blah. They're, they're gonna people are still gonna buy the jerseys at the end of the day. But uh, um,
0: I don't think you I think you're giving a little too much credit to the NHL's planning. Like I don't think i don't think they this just seems a little bad of a decision to be like yeah. that well thought out you know like but at the same time it's like they wouldn't make something like this a 10-year deal if they hadn't thought it out but it just i i can't right? figure this one out until we see it come out that's my I point. just i don't get it i don't get it i don't think anyone gets it my favorite one that's was a... uh be careful i had a fanatics jersey in my car and someone broke it and put four more of them in there <laughs> that was my favorite So um Um, uh,
1: you um, don't you don't want to be like Lou, who immediately regrets uh creating a Bo Horvat contract, right? And saying it's too long and for too much. But Julian also asks, when do you guys get the award for podcast of the year? Oh, you're so nice, Julian. Thank you so much for your question and comments. And thanks for everyone for sending in your questions. Um obviously tonight was not easy to watch. That's not yeah, that's not all.
0: I have some direct questions here. This is from our, our boy uh Chris Hurley at Hurley Sports. We got some uh, start 1, bench 1, cut 1, our favorite.
1: Oh, nice. I'm ready. ready. Yeah, I'm ready.
0: Okay, so we've got we got two of these. This will close our show off. First okay. one, start 1, bench 1, cut 1. Teletoon, YTV, Family Channel.
1: Oh my god.
0: And and you not now like in their primes oh. when we were kids.
1: No, why are you doing this to me?
0: Start one, bench one, cut one.
1: Oh so no! So, just
0: for for reference here, so everyone's everyone's caught up. Teletoon is your Canadian, uh, based in Montreal. They got your um, Cartoon Network was the deal that they ha- had in Canada. So, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and um, Groom Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Courage the Cowardly Dog sometimes. It wasn't a ton of Cartoon Network stuff, but the odd ones. And then there was the Canadian stuff like Total Drama Island and 16 were on Teletoon. Um, then you have Family Channel with a combination of Canadian content and Disney. So now Family Channel's a mess because Disney took all their stuff back. But we're talking Kim Possible, resets, Weekenders, Lizzie McGuire, even Stevens, like that whole era. Um, mm. And then YTV, you're talking... The uh, Nickelodeon stuff. <laughs> yeah, so all, basically, if you're American or from somewhere else listening, there's Canadian partners for all these stations. Uh, they they license their stuff out. So for us, YTV was the equivalent of Nickelodeon. You've got SpongeBob. You've got Fairly Odd Parents. You've got uh oh, everything with slime. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so start one, bench one, cut one.
1: Oh my god, this is so hard because I.
0: Okay, then I'll go first. Yes, I'm starting please. Family Channel. Family Channel was the shit. I started every morning watching Recess, Weekenders, Kim Possible. Not in the, I think it was Kim Possible, then re, no.
1: Morning. Recess, no. Recess, Recess was in the afternoon.
0: No, no, no. Every morning it was Recess, then Kim Possible, then Weekenders. And I got to watch one of the two, one of the half of the Weekenders episode before I had to leave for school. That was the shit. Wow. The live action shows they had from like the Canadian ones, like Life with Derek, and you've got like Sweet Life of Zach and Cody and Wizards of Waverly Place, and that whole shebang, that that era. I know I'm a- making myself sound really young, but that, that's what I grew up on, and I loved it. So that's my start. My bench is going to be um, Teletoon because... Ooh, actually, yeah, I'm going to start start Family, Bench, YTV and cut Teletoon because I think... There was a couple shows on television I liked. Like, Foster's Song for Imaginary Friends was sick. That show was hilarious. Um, but I wasn't really into a lot of the other ones. Like, Total Drama Island I never got into. Um, 16 was good, but also not really a kids' show. Fun fact, There's like like, half of 16 was never allowed to be aired in the States. Because it's not a kids' show. <laughs> Based on the West Edmonton Mall. But, yeah, Aww. I would cut
1: this Cut is them. hard okay it depends how old i was right like i feel like why tv is just it hits home for me because stuff like the big comfy couch and are you afraid of the dark or goosebumps like i really liked shows like that or scooby-doo or uh, fairly odd parents i'm just going through a lot like um Arnold, right? Like football heads, shit like that, or Cat Dog. Then Teletoon had like Teletoon After Dark, and I really liked watching those shows. But then I also, I don't know. Oh my god, that's so An- Raven. Angela
0: Anaconda was fucking weird.
1: Yeah, that's so Raven. Loved that show. Um, yeah, I loved oh, all I of those sitcom. Oh my god, Hannah Montana,
0: like Family Channel, and that the early 2000s family channel was a shit like if we had Nickelodeon it would probably be the same but that's why I'm saying YTP is probably my bench just because like you know all that and the Amanda show speaking yeah. of Amanda Bynes not having a not having a great uh, week right now I hope she gets better uh <laughs> <laughs> but everything I mean like what, what else is there Zoe 101 and Drake and Josh and iCarly I didn't get into a ton of those, but I mean, the quality no. was there at least, right? Dan Schneider's, uh... They got legacy. stupid after a <laughs> while.
1: No, the Family Channel shows got stupid after a while. On, okay, I'm starting YTV. I'm benching Family and cutting Teletoon. I think that's my final answer.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> And I think you're frozen.
0: Oh, no, I lost it for a second. Okay, no, I get it because yeah, Family Channel went to shit. Like you want it now and like I said because Disney took all their stuff back, it's like Life with Derek is still on there seven episodes in a row in the middle of the night because they have nothing left. It's pretty embarrassing that that channel kind of fell
1: apart. My game Spung show fog,
0: constant just classic, you know. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my game show obsession probably started from watching uh-oh on uh, YTV with all the slime and stuff.
0: I got to be on when I was at Universal Studios when I was a kid. Um, they were s- shooting slime time like at a studio in Universal, which was like the American version of O. So I got to be like in the, the studio audience for us. There was like people competing and they, they dumped slime on the front rows and everything. It was really cool.
1: Nice. Good good question. Wow, that was hard. Okay. That's probably the hardest so far.
0: It was a tough one. So next one start one, bench one, cut one. Joe Louis, fruit roll ups, Dunkaroos. this is the childhood childhood edition easy what
1: is it starting fruit roll-ups all day long you're benching dunkaroos because man fruit roll-ups are better better joe louis nah fuck that i'm I'm not really 100%
0: agree
1: yeah, I'm not into cakey shit. I think we've been over this. Um, Honestly, grabbing a warm or room temperature Joe Louie and mowing, like, that doesn't do it for me. Like, that's just bleh, like Twinkie style, no thank you. Um, yeah, Fruit dude, roll up like, me candy, all day long.
0: So, candy is processed already. So, I feel like over processed candy is like just candy still. Whereas cake, something that you can bake yourself and you know the potential that it has and then you buy it packaged and processed in these little individual things. It's, it's not no, it's good. So I gotta agree. It's start fruit roll up. Um, those are I mean you get the, the long ones, the fruit by the foot, or like remember the ones that are just like the page of like the tie dye colors? The, oh, the tattoos shit. you put on
1: your tongue and the, <gasps> the tongue and,
0: tattoos. I forgot about the tongue tattoos.
1: Or the two flavors split in half or you like wrap that shit around your finger and suck it. <laughs>
0: This is the stuff that you got advertised if you were watching YTV and Teletoon, because fun fact, Family Channel has no commercials.
1: True.
0: Because uh, they, they only ever advertised their own shows. Like, that was their shtick, was like, we're not going to advertise to kids, because it's Family Channel. That was their, their whole motto. True. Uh, yeah, Dunkaroos are really hard to find now. I see mm-hmm. them as like a special edition thing in stores sometimes, but yeah, it's that
1: Frosting. They,
0: they, they say they're vanilla flavored cookies. There's like a cinnamon hint to those. Like Some there's... of them,
1: yes. Graham cracker yeah. cinnamony, and I don't know. Yeah, like I'd rather just eat the frosting than call it a day.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I think it. It's it's a pretty close one for me between Dunkaroos and Joe Louis. I don't think either are that awesome, but I think Dunkaroos are more fun. Um, it was an exciting thing to get. We trade for them at lunch. My parents never bought those.
1: Gushers. So. Gushers were good. Cushers are okay. Yeah, I uh, had all the good snacks. I was a fat kid, so yeah. <laughs> Regrets, but so good. And yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. that it's fun to reminisce on childhood things, but I think that's all for uh for this eve. When's the next leaf game?
1: Hey Andrew. Thursday. Uh, Florida, I believe. The Panthers. And then
0: back to Carolina. Oh,
1: that would be interesting.
0: Interesting couple games. What's our... What is this... Okay, just humor me for a sec. What's our our last stretch of games coming down? Oh my lord, I hate this.
1: So we're on a road trip. Ottawa, it began, and we end in Nashville.
0: Yeah, so Ottawa Islanders, Panthers, Hurricanes, Nashville for this road trip. Then they go at home... Panthers, then uh, Sens, Red Wings, Blue Jackets. So that's not an awful run. But then it's uh, Boston, Montreal, not great. Uh, Panthers, Lightning, Rangers. They The last five games of the season are Boston, Montreal, Florida, Tampa, Rangers. Fuck off. But at the same time, none of these teams care. Like, Montreal wants to lose. The Panthers are the only ones that are in a race. The Lightning and Rangers, and Bruins do not give a shit. So I, these games might be stupid. They could be insanely hard, and they could be a, a preview of the playoffs, or they could be nothing games. I don't know what happened. I'm in. I'm in a hotel. The internet is a little inconsistent, and I seem to have lost it there. It made it through a whole hour before it went out. So um, thank you all for joining. It, if you didn't catch my note at the end there, it seems like the leaves could, their, their last stretch could go one of two ways. Either none of these teams care or it's playoff preview. So I, I really don't know what those last five games are going to look like, but I think it's going to be really interesting to find out.
1: Yeah, and I really think we will not cool. see a line blender stop you know it's gonna stop after we're comfortable with Ryan O'Reilly coming back into the lineup and then Keith finally making those decisions until yeah. then when everything everyone is healthy that's when things will get settled in my opinion
0: yeah I agree um okay we out of here we'll be back uh, oh, hopefully ooh, Thursday I'm gonna be working late uh, Thursday. Jump on, okay late with you guys but we'll see cool cool night. Go, 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 go. Good night. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. <laughs>
1: Wow. Hey, Marty.